What's up, people? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. I'm your host, Chris Roush. In this episode, I interview Tomas Rodina, who is a film, television, and media arts student here in the school. He's also in the Plus One program. We're going to talk about his filmmaking and how he got to Quinnipiac. The show is produced by Evan Koch. Thanks for listening. Tomas, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. So let's first talk about you are a first-generation college student. Indeed I am, yes. Parents came from Slovakia, immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like being a first-generation college student in a place like Quinnipiac? Um, I definitely, it definitely has its challenges just like inherently, um, you know, because like my parents and I are navigating a very new landscape. Neither of my parents went to like a traditional college. My dad's a tradesman. So um, this was a very new experience, just applying to colleges, getting into there, and then actually going to college. Uh, there was definitely a lot of tears involved on, you know, first first day moving in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, overall, Quinnipiac's been really like helpful and accepting and making sure that like I know where I'm going and that I know what I'm doing. Um, there's been so many good resources that I can just like ask people when I just don't know something because it's just never been part of my like family's awareness type of deal. And the plus one program has definitely been really good for me because I'm just the kind of person who likes to stay busy. That's how my parents raised me. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. Good. That's good to hear. When did you, uh, when did you realize that, that you wanted to be a film student study film? Uh, so that, uh, that goes back to high school. Um, Originally, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and during my sophomore year of high school, I uh, our school had this like little news station that we do the uh, morning like announcements on and stuff. And I'm a kind of person who really likes to like come up with new ideas. I'm kind of an innovator in that regard. And I went up to the uh, teacher in charge of the news station, who was also my social studies teacher, and I asked her if we could do like a movie review show or something because I see a lot of movies all the time. And she was ecstatic at the idea, so I uh, started doing that. And originally, it was just me uh, reading like off of like my iPad in front of a camera. It was like very ghetto, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed because they're on YouTube. But um, uh, as the years went on, I, re- I realized I really had like a passion for like coming up with those scripts, reviewing those movies, like trying to be very critical about it. It got a lot of like praise from just like my classmates. Like I, I called the show Righteous Reviews, and literally I would walk down the hallway, and because of my height, I poke out above everybody else, and people would see me and be like, "Yo, Righteous Reviews," which just made my day. And uh, basically, by my senior year, I actually got into a little bit of amateur editing. I got a copy of Sony Vegas 14 uh, through a, a service called the Humble Bundle, where I got it for like super cheap. I think it was like fifteen dollars. And uh, that was my first experimentation into editing. And, like, my, my big, like, magnum opus of high school was I did a review for Avengers Endgame. And I, like, pulled the little, like, oh, I got disintegrated and, like, a whole whole Doctor Who shtick. It's a little cringy, but I leave it up on my, my uh, like, personal, like, real YouTube channel because I, uh, I kind of like to look back and see how much I progressed. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, that's kind of what spurred me into deciding to settle on film. And honestly, looking back, film has always been part of my life because uh, I, re- I actually was uh, going through my old iPod when I was at home this past spring break and found 
old uh, stop motion Lego movies that I would make on my phone as a child. Very like, cool. Like very little things. So like how long? How long were they? Um, just like a minute or two. Like yeah. the, there was like an app that was out on iPods at the time where like it would it, it helped uh, simplify the process of making the stop motion. And it was just little things like I watched this one where it was like a guy trying to cross a bridge, but the bridge is broken. So he tries to like build a new bridge and falls in the river. And then he tries to drill underneath and it doesn't work. And then he walks off screen frustrated and sees there's a second bridge that's been rebuilt right next to it. So like little things like that. But uh, it's just really weird how like things tend to work out. So I actually found Righteous Review oh, no. on, on YouTube, and I think you're selling yourself short here. Um, some of them I thought were pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I mean, for, for a high school student, I, I was like, I was impressed. Oh, thank you. I mean, um, I, I guess I don't, I mean, I, I just think back when I was in high school, I wasn't doing anything like that. <laughs> so um, the fact that you were able to, to do those and download them on YouTube to me, was was impressive. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, I, what kind of reaction did you get from those for from your colleagues in high school? Uh, it was it was generally like really positive. It, I kind of like the way I describe it is I felt like almost a meme at school all the time, which might sound kind of bad, but it was really fun. Um, it definitely made me a lot of friends just within like the newscast and also just in general at school. Like people were just more aware of my existence. <laughs> And uh, it honestly kind of made my day when I would, like, be walking in the hall and somebody would shout righteous reviews or if I was, like, at the lunchroom and somebody would come over and ask me why I gave the Lego Batman movie a 10 out of 10. Um, and it would just be, like, a re really fun time, and I definitely really enjoyed it. So Lego Batman versus the original Lego movie. Which Lego one is Batman. better? Lego Batman, really? Yeah. Why? I... I feel like it had just a more, like, interesting plot compared to the original Lego movie. Like, the original Lego movie is definitely, like, really good. But there was something about the fact that, like, they played on all the tropes of, like, all the previous Batman movies. They, there was, like, a lot of, like, very in-jokes that, like, if you were familiar with Batman, just enhanced the movie even more. And just, like they really took advantage of the Lego space in that movie that I felt was kind of like, it was there in the original Lego movie, but they were really clearly trying to sell their core cast. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, since we're talking movies, favorite movie of all time? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, my go-to answer, uh, very, very weird one, uh, Spaceballs by Mel Brooks. Oh, I love Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Getting a lot of head shakes here in the... Uh, in the studio, a lot of fans of Spaceballs. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. I just find it, I find it so entertaining. It's like such a product of its time, and like, it's so uh, tightly knit. Actually, during uh, Raymond Forey's, um analysis of the moving image class during my sophomore year, or was it end of freshman year? Might have been end of freshman year. Uh, we had to do a project where we had to do like a presentation on a movie we thought was the greatest film ever made but we weren't allowed to pick any of the like ones people usually call like Vertigo and The Godfather because we watched those in class. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I like this movie. I'm going to prove it. And uh, I did the project. I submitted it. And when I got the comments back from Professor Forey, the, uh, the comments were a very well-argued presentation for a movie I would have, and then bold underline, never considered. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what other Mel Brooks movie I really like? 
Blazing Saddles? No. No? Oh. Everybody's going to say Blazing Saddles. <laughs> History of the World Part 1. Oh, that one's great, too. I, I even I even had the book when, oh, wow. I, when I was a kid. That's when, great. When that first came out, a kid, I was a teenager. Thomas, how how did you get to Quinnipiac? What uh, how did how did Quinnipiac get on your radar as a high school student? If I recall correctly, we had a college fair at my school where there was a Quinnipiac representative who I spoke to, and I'll be honest, I don't really recall who it was or what the conversation was, but like I gave you know Quinnipiac my email and stuff, and I started getting info. And just in doing research into colleges, I was like, oh, this one's relatively close because my mom had a big thing of me not going too far away from the nest. So, yeah. like, I had to be within, like, I think a three-hour radius, she said. Um, so we just did college tours after that. And when I came to QU, just, uh, like, there, there was this thing that a lot of, like, uh, the presenters would say, like, oh, when you find the right college, it just, like, clicks. And Quinnipiac, like, when I walked around the campus, when I, like, interacted with, you know, the staff – uh, there was something about it uh, that just felt better compared to uh, compared to other colleges I went to. Um, I don't know, something just clicked with me, and I was like, I think this is the right place. And because of the Plus One program, that was like the way I convinced my parents of it, because Quinnipiac was like marginally more expensive than the other colleges we were looking at. Uh, but because of the just like value proposition of the Three Plus One program and the fact that I just felt right here, it really felt like a good fit. And did you know anything about the film program here or the reputation of it? Uh, I, I found out, like, after I uh, had, like, started looking around and applied that, there, that like, you guys had, or we, I can say we, I go here, uh, <laughs> that we have such a great film program. So that was what sort of let, let me push it over the edge because it, it, it did take a little bit of convincing my mom and dad to be like, you know, like, yes, it's a little more money, but, like, I get a master's degree. It's, like, a lot more value, you know, yeah. like, long-term gains, so... Yeah. <laughs> and are you going to do your plus one in the cinematic production management program? Uh, yes, I am. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, you're on a, you're working on a capstone film right now with a team. Uh, no, I'm on the screenwriting capstone. You're actually. on the screenwriting capstone. Tell me about that. Um, you want to know about like my script or about yes, like, okay. about your script. Um, so my script uh, is a um, story about a guy named Chance who is like this very average like kind of like loser you know college student but he has a secret life where he um like researches and cancels people on twitter and this takes place in like the near future where like the vr metaverse stuff has like really developed and that's like humanity's primary means of like socialization and stuff um and i did that partially for just like visual flair because you know, it'd be really cool to see like people actually storming a, a, a castle or something instead of just posting messages online um so basically he cancels people on twitter and then he meets this devilish character who gives him this the ability that anybody he cancels like their existence is erased so they're they literally canceled in real life but the um the things they left behind, like their like property and stuff, still exist. There's still records that this person exists, but nobody remembers they existed. And so what I'm going for is it's going to be a TV show, and it's going to be like this sort of mystery where we're going to be following both our main character, Chance, and a, uh, a detective character who, in the metaverse, are, they're actually friends. They're like online friends, and they don't know that they're the, like each other's enemies, basically. So I'm going for this real neat like sort of serendipity like mystery dynamic that's playing on a lot of like social issues that we're facing right now 
And is this what you want to do post-college? you want to be a screenwriter? Uh, it's definitely on the radar. I'm still a little torn right now because I have a lot of areas I feel I have strengths in, but I don't know which one like I enjoy the most. Currently, I'm in a directing course, um, and that hopefully by the end of this semester and having done all the projects for that course, I'll know if I want to do directing because that's kind of where I started wanting to go, and I do really enjoy doing it. So, like, in terms of long term, like, let's say my five-year plan, like, I'd like to be working my way towards directing, but I would not be opposed to screenwriting. Okay. And favorite genre of film? Because uh, the screen, the, the script that you just described to me sounds kind of like sci-fi, yeah. tech, yeah, but I, uh, is that really your, like, what you're into, or are you into something else? Generally, the stuff I watch is more, like... I'll, I'll usually watch whatever's popular because you know, you're, as a film student, you just kind of got to be involved in the medium. But like my my personal enjoyment really is with like comedies and spoofs. I actually I really like films and shows that people say sometimes are bad because I can usually find some merit in them and find it. And <laughs> with like the knowledge, like I have spaceballs, the, yes, like spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of uh, enjoyment and just like positive vibes from watching those and. Honestly, with like you know the state of the world and stuff right now, it's really nice to disconnect and just watch like some people slip on banana peels or something for an hour. <laughs> See, I appreciate that because when I was your age, I was like really into like Animal House, Caddyshack, <laughs> Stripes, you know, all of those kind of comedies that came out of the Saturday Night Live group. Oh, I I, I never watched SNL before I came to college. And yeah, I. I must. I watch at least one clip from SNL every day now because yeah. I, I I find it so funny. Yeah. Tomas, tell everybody about your radio show. Oh, oh my radio show. Um, so on ninety-eight point one WQAQ, uh, this semester it's on Mondays at four p.m. I do a show called uh, the Caffeinated Weeb, which is uh, a show where I play a lot of uh, either coming out of Japan or like Japanese related uh, music because that's like a thing I'm really into. I'm also an Asian studies minor here so it's kind of just part of my wheelhouse where I'll just play a lot of uh, different music coming out of Japan and then also talk about a uh, coffee beverage that I drink. <laughs> and, and how did you get into Japanese music? Uh, that, that I've been listening to actually since uh, middle school. Um, there was a Fine Brothers video. Uh, they did like these reaction videos on YouTube um, way back in like 2011 or 12 where they reacted to a thing called Hatsune Miku which was this uh, Japanese live concert where the stage had this like weird plastic screen set up I don't really understand the technology that well because most of the resources related to it are in Japanese and my comprehension is not good enough yet but um, basically they like shine a projector through this like plastic screen and it like slows down the light so it makes like a hologram effect and the hologram dances on stage and there's like a live band that plays along with it and there's a computer generated voice that does the singing and i just thought that was like so cool and mind-blowing and i like got really into it and i've been listening to that since middle school i took a little break in high school and then i got really back into it like i want to say junior year of high school and i've stuck with it since okay can't say I've ever listened to Japanese music. It's it's definitely it's definitely an experience. It's very unique compared to a lot of uh, American stuff, and that's part of what I like about it. I like you know seeking out you know um, lands untraveled and such. Yeah. All right, Thomas. Last question because we're running out of time. 
What's what's the dream job? Uh, dream post post Quinnipiac. The dream job post Quinnipiac would probably be to write and direct my own like spoof films, like Austin Powers, Spaceballs, like that kind of thing. Because I really think that's a genre that's kind of died out, and it's definitely one that I have a personal just interest and passion for. Okay, what do you think about the Coen Brothers movies? Oh, I love the Coen Brothers. This I figured great. you. I figured you would. Yeah. Given given what you've just told me, yeah, I, I I love all their work. It's so good. Yeah. Um. My my wife is a big fan of Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Ah, that's that's a good one. I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Tomas. I really appreciate you joining us on, on Common Grounds. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. That was my interview with Tomas Rodina, who is a plus one student in our film, television, and media arts program. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by me, Chris Rausch. I'm the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. This show is produced by Evan Koch, who also does the music. Our social media is done by School of Communications student Lawrence Scupo. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QUPodcast. Do you have a story to share? Something you want us to talk about? Find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is QUPodcasts at QU.edu. On the next episode, I'm going to interview Ross Meglin, who is the outgoing head of our Quinnipiac Bobcat Sports Network. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening. <laughs>